Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120. KMOX. Welcome in. Michael Calhoun with you from our comfortable studios here in St. Louis. And Travis Sheridan is Skyping in for this edition of Nothing Impossible from the city of brotherly love. Hey, Travis. Hey, how's it going? I'm calling in from uh, Philadelphia, which is great, here for a Venture Cafe event that happened this week. And there was a lot of Venture Cafe happening a lot of places a lot of it in St. Louis. Yeah, we're going to get into uh, on this edition of the show uh, the big reason why so many people showed up on Thursday night It's uh, was for the unveiling of STL Made, a, a real effort to establish a narrative for St. Louis through storytelling about our success stories here, really growing more civic pride. And uh, we already knew, Travis, that Venture Cafe St. Louis uh, just drew incredible crowds week by week. Uh, I believe it uh, holds the record for the largest regular gathering of innovators anywhere, right? And then last it, uh, this week was huge. Yeah, it, so you know, historically, St. Louis has had about 500, 550 people every week showing up down there in the Cortex District uh, for Venture Cafe. But uh, this last week on, uh, on St. Louis Day, on Pi Day, 314, uh, they had 963 people uh, attend, which is just bananas. Yeah, I guess, uh, well, everybody in St. Louis can take part in 314 Day, even if they live in 636, because after all, there is no June 36th, right? <laughs> that would be a very strange leap year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, this, what do you think of this STL Made effort? It seems like it's gotten, first off, you know, in St. Louis, uh, cooperation is always a big thing to, to get checked off the list, and dozens of organizations are cooperating for this new, this new marketing effort, this new branding effort for St. Louis, for the region. You know, I'm, I'm really bullish on it. I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I, but there is a part of skepticism, healthy skepticism, that I think we should all still have. You know, a branding effort, a narrative is one thing. Uh, a launch, I, I would say this, St. Louis does launches really well. Like, we are sometimes our own worst hype machine. What comes next? Like, what are, how will this be used to really drive not just a new narrative, but a new reality for St. Louis? We love putting out announcements and renderings. And then the real question is, five years later, was the rendering actually built? Kind of the same thing here. What, right, what will the yeah. result of this be a few years down the road? Right. What will what will it look like? Um, and but like you said, we did a lot of. There was a lot of cooperation, which was which was great. I think that 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 bodes well for this project. And when it comes to how important do you think Travis it is to uh, to get a good narrative going, get a good reputation going for the St. Louis region, and then maybe that might bring some prosperity, which could help us. A better address a lot of the issues that we have or and then i guess also a, a big part of, of branding is uh being honest and being transparent and just being real about who you are and it seems like if you watch the stl made video for instance compared to some of the past image campaigns of the amazon campaign those are all right. pretty rosy this one seems like it's like listen this is this is st louis and we've got challenges but we're working on them and this is a place where you can come help us get involved and you can make your own mark here too yeah, I, I like their like kind of three phases of you know start it, uh, 
I think it was a start something, uh, stand out and stay right. Like, I think that that's great. And, uh, I, the video, the, uh, their Anthem video, their primary video, uh, was very well done. I, I agree with you. I think it's better than some of the videos we've seen in the past that are what we might just call, uh, you know, no offense to a chamber, but like, they feel like chamber videos, right? They feel like you're only going to see them at a trade show or something like that, which has a place, but it's not necessarily for the people. I felt like this video was for the people. Uh, we mentioned that I'm in Philadelphia this, this week. Uh, Philly is one of two cities, Philly and Washington, D.C., are the only two cities that go down to South by Southwest, which just concluded, and have a house devoted to their city. So uh, the city of Brotherly Love had Amplify Philly, a house, and they had 400 people from Philadelphia down at South by Southwest, really to help <clears throat> change the story or tell the story of Philadelphia. And I see this STL made you know, effort, something similar to that. Um, but I think instead of going outside of our borders to tell the story of St. Louis, like Philly did by going to South by Southwest, I really feel like this campaign is an internal campaign, like really helping the people of St. Louis, our existing residents, not just feel better about ourselves, because like you said, it does show some of our warts that we have some challenges, but just give us a narrative that we can appreciate in St. Louis. Well, you know, we've heard from the CVC, uh, Explore St. Louis and others, that when they've done polling, they found that native St. Louisans have a lesser opinion of their city and of their region than outsiders do. We think outsiders have a bad opinion of our place when really outsiders have a neutral opinion. It's the locals who really need to be more optimistic and, and be more enthusiastic about rolling their sleeves up, it seems like. Yeah, you know what? I, I love how you put that because I think sometimes we fall short and we say we need our locals to be enthusiastic, period, full stop. But you said we need our locals to be enthusiastic about rolling their sleeves up. And I think that that is what the direction of this campaign is. It's not a cheerleading campaign. Mm. It's a start something, stand out, and stay. It is, it is really a call to action and not saying we want you to do it because nobody else is. They have real examples all throughout their videos and on the, on the, the I think it's the stl.com website. I mean, they have examples of people who are doing just that. So this isn't a cheerleading video. This is a, a this is a call to am, uh, call to arms. Yeah, I like that uh, tagline. Seems like that's a, a great marketing slogan. Aside from STL Made, start up, stand out, and stay. It really encapsulates uh, the opportunity that you have in St. Louis, which is a city that is big enough to do big things, but it's also small enough that you're you're not just one of you know 10 million people. You really can stand out as you start up and. So many people decide to stay once they come here. We're going we're gonna to hear from Lee Broughton coming up, but I just want to play this cut for you, Travis, and get your reaction to this. He's one of those behind this STL-made effort. It is the recognition that St. Louis is in the nascent renaissance today. It is our time. The time is now, and essentially it is shining a light on the amazing things that we are experiencing. I like the idea of a renaissance. I, I really do. Um, I think about the people that are doing amazing things. Uh, if you if you switch the letters around and you and you know we've spent some time not at STL Made but at Made STL, uh, the makerspace, yeah. right? There's a renaissance of people making things in St. Louis as well. And when you watched the video, um, you saw you know Mwanzi, the the furniture maker, you know prominently uh, highlighted and featured there. Like there are people who are rebuilding this city with their hands. Some of it, they're rebuilding the social structures that have broken. Others are just rebuilding the, the physical structures that have been ignored over the years. I, I would say it's a renaissance. Lee's right. 
And it's not just STL Made and the huge Venture Cafe, which again, how many people showed up for this unveiling at Thursday's Venture Cafe? 963. So St. Louis continues to be the beacon that it seems like the other venture cafes all around the world look to uh, for a, an example of success. It now does hold the record. I was I was telling the uh, uh, the the maid team this morning that it not only was a record for St. Louis, it was a record globally. It is it was the largest venture cafe we've ever had in all of our eight cities. Wow. Well, and it wasn't just uh, STL Made and Venture Cafe. There was also a tech festival that same day, Thursday, at Cortex that I covered in Innovation Hall that was showing off uh, different tech tools to help people who were living with disabilities live more empowered lives. And, uh, you know, St. Louis Arc, we had a firm from the Carolinas who I interviewed uh, that brought their technology here to demonstrate. People drove from all over outstate parts of Missouri, and they're really excited. We'll hear more details about this, but they're really excited because uh, technology can be scaled now, not just uh, you know, in the big city, not just you know, it can go to all different corners of the state where folks may really have had challenges uh, living their lives or maybe going to work, uh, folks who are living with disabilities. Yeah, and I think that that's what's, uh, again, if we think about the, the theme behind startup, stand out, and, and stay, you know, the things that people are starting here and once they start standing out, these are solutions that can be exported to other communities that have challenges, whether it's about uh, mobility for those with disabilities, uh, or it's uh, ch- some of the solutions that could fix challenging school districts. Um, I think it's it's amazing to think about St. Louis as a national incubator, if you will, like a place to, you know, prove it here and scale it throughout the country. We just heard about that in terms of uh, different devices you mount on street poles in Las Vegas, but it seems like St. Louis is taking a a more of a broader approach to this, more of a holistic, not just we're allowing these specific devices, but uh, really fostering a community. Yeah, I think they're they're moving from just Wild West, as we covered last week with Vegas, to, uh, I won't call it legislated, you know, innovation, but a little bit more purposeful, a little bit more focused. All right. Well, coming up also on this edition of the show, we'll bring you some of our news coverage from a big announcement with St. Louis Community College and Launch Code about an immersive code camp. At the same week, we heard from the regional chamber about the big workforce gap that we face uh, in St. Louis and and how to bridge that. And then also there was a big uh, conference at Union Station this week, Travis, when it comes to medical marijuana. All of those who want to get into that industry, make some money, maybe open a dispensary or get involved in some other way in that growing business category. That's a, that's a lot to cover, and that's all on this show. That's all coming up. Yeah, well, it was a busy week for news coverage of innovation in St. Louis. That means innovation is really happening. Really. So we'll come back. We'll uh, continue. Travis Sheridan in Philadelphia, Michael Calhoun in St. Louis. It's Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. You may be wondering, checking out your social feed, what is all this STL-made stuff all over the place? Welcome back to Nothing Impossible. Michael Calhoun with you. Travis Sheridan is Skyping in from Philadelphia. We'll hear from him again in just a little bit. But STL-made, what is this that you're seeing all over the place? In fact, the, the debut of it set a record for the biggest venture cafe ever anywhere in the world this Thursday right here in St. Louis. Travis and I kind of talked a little bit about STL Made at the start of the show, but my colleague Alex Degman talked with Lee Broughton, one of those in the group that created this campaign. So tell me about um, tell me about STL Made. Um, this it, it seems on its face like a, a really a, a really good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, initiative to bring some, some of the great things that we do here to the forefront. So tell me about this. 
Yeah, so um, essentially the uh, the narrative, if you like, is that um, we are in the process of developing a cohesive and meaningful story that can really uh, encompass the region underneath an identity that can begin to um, go after investment dollars for um, growth, um, the, the next startup, um, attract and the retention of great talent. Um, and really, it's kind of uh, uh, the idea that it's shining the light on all of the people that are doing fantastic work throughout the region today uh, already. And, and it's really about moving the region uh, forward. So where does uh, STL Made come in and make a difference on this front where other efforts to do that in the past have failed? Well, we, we're, we're sort of positioning STL Made as a movement, Alex. I mean, what we're saying is that, that um, it is the recognition that St. Louis is in the um, nascent renaissance today. Um, it is our time. The time is now, and essentially it is shining a light on the amazing things that we're experiencing, whether it's the innovation districts, the startup talent, um, the sort of tenacity of our people, the neighborhoods, and all the you know, incredible identity that sort of sits underneath what is arguably a very unique geography throughout our region within the U.S., um, the academic institutions that we have here that punch way above our weight, the culture that we have here that punches away above our weight. I mean, some of our art institutions here, Alex, are, are more famous outside of St. Louis than they are inside. It's something that, that is an opportunity for us to really glow in um, the pride that we should have about some of these ideas. And really, it's, it's even more specifically about the people that are enabling those things to happen. So that's, that's why I think um, we're in an amazing moment that it's probably... Um, you know, confluencing around a number of different ideas. So, you know, you've got $8 billion of, of um, investment going in in the urban core right now in real estate. You've got, um, you know, with things like the, um, the, the, the NGA being, being um, promised, you've got um, MLS as a strategy to, to maybe come and sort of really bring some life to uh, and, and a third professional sports team. You've got um, these incredible companies that sit throughout the region, like um, out in St. Charles, there's a guy that we've met in this journey um, who runs a company called Masterclock that is the timekeeper for NASA, for the Olympics, for every live broadcast in the U.S. You've got incredible people doing community work, um, like Mama Katz, who, um, as a chef coming into St. Louis in, with her profession, saw the need to really look after the unhoused and give them a healthy meal and dignity on a Thursday night. She's doing that of her own volition. Then in another situation, you have something like the Luminary, which is a fabulous public art space that is critically looking at how art can enhance social justice and diversity and, and areas around Cherokee that, again, very famous outside of St. Louis. But I'm not sure how many of us really understand the great work that some of these things are happening. So the STL Made is a movement that is looking to give voice to many, many of those things um, so that we can all sort of bask in this sense of pride that we are in Renaissance. And then as we advocate for it amongst ourselves, it's something that we can go out and sell and compete hard with other Midwest cities for that next company to move, that next company's move or that next investor dollar as it thinks about where it's looking at in a sea of talent that our universities are pumping out each year. And those, those kids are actually enticed to 
stay here because the jobs are actually here and the quality of life is here to kind of, you know, develop and think about a career and, and a lifestyle. So if, am I incorrect in when I say that this seems like it's not necessarily a campaign or a movement to convince people outside of St. Louis that St. Louis is great? It's a campaign to convince people inside St. Louis that St. Louis is great. That's right. And I think that that, that nuance is, is, is fairly critical in the research that we've done externally, those outside of St. Louis don't really see St. Louis as anything other than a kind of neutral perspective. They're, they're, not, they're not really looking at it um, <clears throat> in, in a way that, that is being provoked. Um, really, they don't think about St. Louis. So when you're then put in front of them, what do you think of St. Louis? They're like, uh, I'm not really sure. I need a little bit of help. Inside St. Louis, we are less convinced about some of the things that, that I've just mentioned there. And um, we're kind of slightly parochial. We're, we're kind of wrapped up in our own individual neighborhoods as opposed to seeing that each of these neighborhoods and the dynamism within them is laddering up to a whole that the St. Louis region is thriving. Um, what we really want to be able to do is look ourselves in the mirror and recognize quite clearly what it is that we see. And then when we've understood that, um, and it's warts and all, Alex. It's not a, a Pollyanna kind of scenario. I mean, recognizing that there's no such thing as, as sort of nirvana in that sense. We've got issues, but there are these incredible people working on those issues now. Um, and when we look in the mirror and we recognize all that we mean, that's when we can then take it out externally and start going after the, 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 the recruitment of some of these other ideas. And that's actually what spurs growth. Great stories happen to those that can tell them. It's our time to tell our story. You mentioned that this is, that that's a, a a little nuance that makes it slightly different. I, I would I would disagree, and I would say that that's actually a very big difference from uh, every other campaign kind of like this that I've seen in the past. So, what are what are some of the challenges that you see though? Because you know, outside of St. Louis, um, you have the people that are concerned about uh, you know crime and population decline and all those things like that, and that's what dominates the headlines. And even in St. Louis, people are quick to kind of you know, crap all over it, pardon my French, because, because of those things. What are some of the challenges in getting people to see past the very obvious problems of crime and racial segregation and all that stuff and embrace the things that makes the region good? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's, it's a critical question. Um, I'll answer it in, in, a, in a couple of ways. The, the first is, there is a uh, an inferiority complex, and I think that I don't want to kind of over-egg it, but um, that, that we've got in St. Louis. We think that everybody is going to think that St. Louis is all the things that you've just described. The interesting thing is, Alex, when we went out there, those issues only came up when we prompted them. And that is, in, in, I'm not suggesting that they're, they're not there. What I'm saying is that is not the only story. Um, and many American cities have those issues and they are tackling them. So the first thing is, it is not trying to paper over real issues. In fact, the STL-made movement is looking very deeply and listening very deeply, along with all of the other fantastic things that are happening. The kickoff tomorrow, um, which will be, um, you know, 314, we've got panels that are in place that are literally tackling some of those as a, as, a, as a way to demonstrate this is the beginning of a discourse that we should all have, but we should all have it underneath an umbrella that is 
we are um, united by our geography and by our desire to have our region move forward. That should be the principle upon which these conversations begin. And then let's have a look at the things and the people that are succeeding in achieving some of these critical, um, uh, addressing some of these critical things, both in terms of the, 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 the startup and the innovation districts that are succeeding in the ag tech sector or in some of the you know, more traditional tech um, sphere, look at the arts that, that are succeeding incredibly well as, you know, and, and enabling a culture for us all to enjoy on the weekend that is succeeding really well. And then some of these community efforts um, where education is literally being disrupted by new ideas and new thinking thanks to some of the ingenious uh, hard work of individuals in St. Louis that have either transplanted in or have homegrown and are addressing uh, real problems in order to tackle things like crime, like segregation. So it's, it's, it's really a, 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 an opportunity to say that, um, you know, we, we feel that the um, confluence of all of these things can lather themselves underneath a very positive and celebratory tone that our region is in this renaissance, and it brings all of our warts as well. Um, it's not suggesting that we, we are sort of, you know, papering over anything. And I think that's kind of an important piece. Um, and we have to be convinced of that ourselves first. So, so that's really why it's more of an internal play initially, uh, but with the ultimate goal that, you know, when we've, when we've all advocated for it and we all are on board, yeah, we will then go and start recruiting. So if somebody wants to get involved with this other than just, uh, you know, posting on social media the things that they like about St. Louis with the hashtag STL made, what, what are you suggesting people do to spread the word and get involved with this? Yes, that's a, that's a fabulous question. So um, there are a couple of, couple of opportunities. The, the first is um, we want everyone to be aware and feel very confident in understanding that there is a campaign called STL made uh, and that is something that we should be able to share with one another, and uh, we want everybody to be talking about that campaign. The second thing is, is there is a website called thestl.com that will house all of these incredible stories that will be inspirational to the, the region. And the idea is that you will, as, as residents, know more of these stories. There will be an opportunity to... Um, send in your stories for the, the, the potential of being published in this, in this website. But importantly, start telling them yourselves. The, the biggest thing is, is we should become publishers of our own narrative, not allow it to be done by others that we are not controlling. And we should project the perception that we want perceived. So I, I, I would really encourage us to start becoming our own storytellers because these are our neighbors. The people that you'll see on this website, they are not alphas in the kind of extraordinary sense of the word um, by the way the world would judge it. They are people going about their business and their passion in a very deliberate and ground up way. And we will recognize ourselves in them. And then the third thing as stakeholders um, on the website, the stl.com, there will be the opportunity to download um, logos, downloaders, um, take messaging. I mean, one of the big things, Alex, um, is we should borrow the same language from one another. So when we speak in Renaissance, it's not just one person with a funny accent saying it. We're all saying it. 
Um, we, we should use some of the language and be common in it so that it's really about the Commonwealth of St. Louis. And little techniques like that, as we describe to our friends that don't live here, here's, here's what's happening here, here's, here's part of the vibe, that becomes infectious. And it's literally a contagion of positivity and not in the progressive sense, literally in the sense that the, 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 the region is, is moving forward. It's something that is um, very visceral and, and you can feel it. And I think they are the ways in which um, I'm hoping everyone can get involved. Start out, stand up, and stay. That is the slogan for the STL Made campaign. Coming up next, we're going to talk about jobs in St. Louis and whether companies are finding the skilled workers to fill them and then how you could get some skills to get in on this job market. That's up next as we continue Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Michael Calhoun, Travis Sheridan with you on this edition of the show where we talk about local innovation in St. Louis. And this week, the St. Louis Regional Chamber held a big event to unveil some of their findings from a survey of 280 employers in St. Louis. Most of them are growing. 94% say they expect to hire, uh, but almost as many say they're also having trouble recruiting workers to St. Louis, especially in a lot of... uh, A lot of fields, Travis, where there's specific training that's involved. But what's interesting is these are not necessarily four-year degrees or graduate degrees, things like logistics workers or engineers, computer coders, certain medical professionals. Um, The chamber pointing out that not all of those require degrees. Well, yeah, I think what we're we're noticing is, uh, you know, we talked in the opening about a renaissance. I think there's a renaissance in what is considered vocational training. Um, you know, we, it's not necessarily about baccalaureate attainment. Like what are some of those skills that can be taught in six weeks to six months where a person can be in the workforce much faster? St. Louis is on the rise. We've got a lot of things going on, but we have, uh, at any one time, probably about 20,000 unfilled positions. And we've got to find ways to get uh, those positions filled. Our, our companies here can grow faster. That's Chamber CEO Tom Chulik. Again, that big survey, 280 companies in the region. And what are the different career fields that they're having trouble finding professionals for? Well, engineers, coders, scientists, medical professionals, logistics workers, the trades. A lot of those high-demand jobs are in places where you do not need a four-year degree. A two-year degree would suffice. Certifications would suffice. So we're trying to to get our institutions, our educational institutions here to align to fill those gaps that we have today. So we've heard about the demand. Let's hear about the supply side. Brian Kelly interviewed the head of Launch Code. So, Jeff Mazur, tell us about this new program that you are engaged in with the St. Louis Community College. Sure. We're really excited to be launching what we call Immersive Code Camp, which is a 13-week, full-time, 40-hour-a-week learning program where people enroll and learn from, from ground zero uh, to being ready for a, uh, an entry-level role as a software developer. So, um, LaunchCode runs a lot of programs that are geared towards providing people with job-ready skills in technology, specifically software development, and this is a program that provides those skills in collaboration with St. Louis Community College in a full-time format. It's not something that is currently happening here in St. Louis, so it's a new and different opportunity for St. Louisans to learn these skills and get not just the technical skills that LaunchCode provides, but get a a range of other supports and career and advisory services from St. Louis Community College as well. 
Talk about those other supports. Those could be important for people who may not be able to get here or have other hurdles they have to clear. Oh, of course. So the uh, community college can be an important provider or uh, our hub for people to get other supportive and wraparound services that help make the learning opportunity possible, be it transportation or access to child care or um, e- even just uh, understanding where this fits on someone's uh, vision for their own career path. Uh, the community college can provide advisory support that help get them down that road. So um, it may just be for the people about how do they get the resources they need to complete this program. It may also be uh, if I'm someone who completes the program and I decide oh, I want to tradi- uh, follow a slightly more traditional career path as well and want to go into a credit-based program that the college can help uh, steer people into the right program and their associate's degree in software development uh, and get them on down that road as well. So um, giving people a robust sense of where they are and where they're going is, we think, part of the power of this collaboration between Launch Code and the community college. So who will be eligible to take part in this uh, compressed program? Sure. So we have an application process, and anyone out there who is interested in this is eligible to apply, and they can do that at launchcode.org slash codecamp. And um, really what we're looking for is people who have um, about 10th grade math skills or better. Do they understand basic algebra? Uh, Do they have basic digital literacy? Can you operate a file system on a computer? Uh, Do you have basic proficiency in logical reasoning and problem solving? Can you identify uh, data and information and use it to uh, make logical conclusions about it and solve problems? Uh, But what we're really looking for uh, above and beyond all those things is people who are really driven to learn about technology and to have careers in tech. We find that no matter where people are coming from in terms of their foundation and background, if they're really driven to succeed, if they really care about this stuff and they really want badly to learn it, then they can be successful in the program. So those are the people who are uh, invariably the stars of programs like CodeCamp. And this is being held here at the center here on CAS in North St. Louis. Is it is it geared towards the people living in this area or is it open to, to anyone throughout the region? Sure. This program is open to people throughout the region. We're glad to be here at the Harrison Center. We think it's important um, to utilize this space that the community college has for the purposes for which it was intended, part of which is developing the workforce. And we're really excited about the idea that people who uh, live in neighborhoods proximate to the Harrison Center may be applicants to the program. But it's not geared strictly towards people who live in the immediate surroundings. People across St. Louis, uh, we hope, will see the program, will apply. And if they're a good fit, well, we'll start the program and they'll come here to the Harrison Center. They'll see this great facility and they'll get all of the technical learning from Launch Code that, uh, that they want and the other services and supports from the community college. Okay, where can we go to find out more information? And if people want to sign up, where do they do that? Sure. If you go to launchcode.org slash codecamp, C-O-D-E-C-A-M-P, you can find the application. You can find the frequently asked questions about the program, see what it's all about. And so when you do sign up, be ready for some intense work. Yes, yes. Well, when you sign up, please do the application. Go through the uh, exam. That should take you about 30 minutes online. And then uh, uh, you can expect an interview after that if you make it through that part of the process. And if you get into the class, you'll be in the classroom for 40 hours a week, five days a week for 13 weeks. So it is not easy, but it's fulfilling, it's rewarding, and it's a great way to start a career in tech. Launch Code Executive Director Jeff Mazur, thanks. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. I think immersive learning is where it's at. This is a a nice partnership, a nice opportunity, and it should get more people into the workforce in the coding side. And we, you know, that was the novel thing about Launch Code when it very first launched in St. Louis was um, we're going to train people. We're going to convince these companies, HR departments, to throw out their requirements. You have to have this degree and X number of years of experience. And uh, instead, it's this experiential learning, like you said, with uh, bringing people in for pair programming. You'll spend a few months working side by side with the same computer screen as a programmer, really picking picking up by doing. And 
in, in doing that, we are preparing a workforce for these vacancies that our employers, major employers have. Michael Calhoun in St. Louis, Travis Sheridan Skyping in from Philadelphia. We'll continue with more Nothing Impossible. We'll talk about marijuana, medical marijuana, the new industry coming to Missouri up next. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Michael and Travis with you as we continue talking about innovation and, in this case, a new industry that's coming to Missouri, medical marijuana. Travis, it was jam-packed at Union Station as various uh, companies displayed their wares or various uh, folks who want to start a company came to learn about the industry. A uh, lot of interest when it comes to medical marijuana coming soon to Missouri. Was the food court at Union Station just packed because everybody had munchies? <laughs> I don't think, I think it was all talk. I don't think there was any okay. consumption no happening. Samples, huh? Not yet. Well, you know, so uh, it's interesting to think about the marijuana industry because, uh, you know, going back to some of our Venture Cafe locations, we have a location in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is w- home to the Reynolds Company and, uh, and you know, was driven by the tobacco industry and and that was really single use right tobacco for smoking but if we look at the marijuana industry or the cannabis industry it is broader than just smoking it right there are and it's broader than just the edibles there there this whole medical side of it uh, is really opening a much broader industry than tobacco ever was. We'd like to think that we could be a solution and answer to a lot of people's prayers out here. That's Christopher Cross, who's with a California-based company, Infused Edibles, talking with KMOX News about medical cannabis moving into the Bible Belt. And while a lot of folks at Union Station were uh, talking about the financial impact of this burgeoning industry, Cross tells us he likes to think of it as patient-based. If you're really here for the people and you're making a quality product, the money comes. There's also Doug Gilberg, part of a local group hoping to secure a license to do everything from grow to sell. It's a group of lawyers, real estate people, doctors, uh, lab people. Uh, my expertise is in cultivation. But because the state has not finalized licensing agreements, there are still a lot of unknowns for him and everybody else. We do know what a greenhouse facility looks like or how to grow cannabis. Well, we don't know what we have to do to get to that point. We're working on it. That's why we're here. So as our reporter Brian Kelly went through Union Station, he found vendors talking about irrigation and soil and packaging. Stephen Belgeri of Cambro Manufacturing is selling storage products. We're kind of trying to get the word out there that if you're in a cultivation facility or an extraction facility, you know these types of safe ways to store and move your product are going to be very important. It was not just people coming in from outside. Robert Stewart is COO of St. Louis-based The Weed Squad, ready to help growers, sellers, and potential patients as soon as the state begins accepting those applications. July 4th, they'll you know, help them submit their applications. We're hoping to get a hold of a list of doctors that, that'll be you know, cannabis friendly. That, you know, In case their doctor's not going to prescribe for them, then they'll have somebody else that they could go to. Natalie Shaw was there to find out what it's going to take for her to open a dispensary. It's one of those, you got to be a pioneer in it, so you got to be willing to accept it. And if you've done research and know what's happened in other states, none of this should be a surprise. Competition for the licenses to become part of the industry in Missouri. They're going to be cart hard to come by. The state has received 453 pre-applications and you can't officially apply until August. And also a technology festival, as we discussed in the very first segment of the show, a festival at Innovation Hall in Cortex to demonstrate how new advances can mean new independence for those who are living with disabilities. Maggie Rollwagon of Abilities First in Greene County, Missouri. They need to be working, they need to be in the community, they need to be a part of everything else. So 
technology, bringing technology into the picture is a beautiful thing. She came up from the Springfield area for this technology festival dedicated to these kinds of tools. Just from eating, there are different conditions that people have a difficult time getting fork or spoon to mouth. There's simple technology to stabilize your eating utensils. And then from a company that is actually creating a lot of these tools, it's called Simply Home. Jason Ray is chief development officer, and he says they work to solve all kinds of challenges that people face. Technology was that one missing thing. Oh, you know, Bob could really be independent except for he needs help with his medications or we're concerned about him having a fall uh, during the nighttime or him... Uh, needing support cooking, whatever the case might be. He came from the Carolinas for this festival and was asked for a specific example where the company's technology has helped or saved someone, and he recalled a specific instance. So you're familiar with those life alert buttons that people wear, but they don't necessarily wear them for every moment of every day, and what happens in those in-between moments? One night he got out of bed, went into the bathroom, and had a fall and got pinned in between the tub and the, t and the toilet and he couldn't get back up. He didn't have his button on, but the system knew he got out of bed and he wasn't back within 10 minutes during the nighttime. So the system automatically called his care team. They were able to be there in a matter of minutes to help get him back up to bed. Otherwise, they wouldn't have shown back up until seven o'clock the next morning. Sharon Spurlock of St. Louis Arc organized this whole festival and we asked her about the balance between replacing a human connection with robots. I think sometimes we fool, fool ourselves as professionals that we're supposed to serve as a, someone's friend or companion. And the reality is that we're in paid roles and turnover is a reality in our she says there is a lot of examples. Uh, she says there are a lot of examples out there of technology bringing more within reach, and even examples of uh, hacking regular items that we use, like the ring doorbells or Nest thermostats. It's so great because it's universal now. And when we started working with people on things like augmented communication, you could pay two thousand dollars for a communication board. Now you can pull up an app practically for free on a, a tablet and be able to do a lot of those same communication things and so things that used to be quite costly the price points coming down and it changes so quickly um, something that was maybe a new technology five years ago is something that we've all used so much now that it's it's second nature and I think it's becoming more intuitive as with any new thing you know it becomes you don't know how your watch works you know you just look at your watch and you can tell the time and I think that's where we're going with technology too and again this technology festival was held in Cortex Spurlock says she's really excited to build partnerships with all of the tech firms around there. As we identify specific things we have, we really need tech developers that are going to be able to work with us and understand. Well, Travis, uh, remind us again why you're Skyping in from Philadelphia. What's happening in the city of Brotherly Love? So in the city of Brotherly Love, I was out here for Venture Cafe Philadelphia. They've been going for about three months now, four months. And it's just part of my part of my job is to visit these different cities, learn from what's going on in each of these cities and see how I could be a support to the, the local teams. And a big week for Venture Cafe here in St. Louis with the, the launch of STL Made too. Not a bad week at all, no. Record setting. All right, well, Travis, thanks for Skyping in. No problem. And uh, I will be back in studio next week. All right. We'll be back with more local innovation conversation as we continue Nothing Impossible. Find the podcast and we'll talk with you next week. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Yeah. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.